Today we're doing a really exciting video with Arma Ngāpō. She's a lawyer, she's a business owner and a mum to three little boys. So kia ora Arma and welcome to the podcast. Tēnā koe te kahukura, thanks for having me along and tēnā koutou katoa te iwi Aotearoa. Um, ko Arama Ngāpō Tokungua, ko Ngāti Tamatera, Ngāti Maru, Ngāti Pawa, Ngāti Pukinga, me Ngāti Parau Oku Iwi, no Hauraki Ahau. Um, ingari, I have um, Iwi links outside of Hauraki, but primarily Hauraki. So, tēnā koutou katoa. Kia ora, Arama, and what do you do for your mahi? So um, I have a law firm primarily based in Tukuroa, the beautiful South Waikato, and um, I'm really happy to talk about that and how to have a business in a small provincial town that grows, you know, past the South Waikato and um, my law firm um, practices outside of um, the South Waikato as well. We have um, branches and um, we work in Hamilton, Auckland, Tauranga, Taupua, uh, Tokoroa and Rotorua. But we also do work in Taumaranui and Wellington as well. Exciting. And what is it like being a lawyer? Um, well, for me, I love practising law. And I love even the way you describe it as practicing. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, you know, there's all different types of um, law around, you know, courts, around employment law, ACC law, criminal law, family law. You know, law is such a diverse um, area, really. And um, for me, I often say, you know, there are really good lawyers, but being a good lawyer doesn't mean you're a good businessman or a businesswoman. And so I know lots of lawyers who are great lawyers, but, you know, are self-confessed non-business starters. But for me, my career as a lawyer has given me a platform to um, become an investor, to become a property owner, and also hopefully to set... Um, a great example for other young Māori um, to, you know, see that they can also enter into the professions and move away for, from some perhaps um, traditional career options for Māori. And, you know, like I said, I was born and raised in Tokoroa and, um, yeah, so that's, that's a really big important part of why I do what I do. So it sounds like you have a really interesting career and this could have taken you a lot of different places. Why is it that you um, are based in Tokoroa? From a business perspective and from a business model, you know, if you want to look at entrepreneurship and, um, you know, why I choose to have my base practice in Tokoroa, it's a financially sound decision, um, you know, when you're trying to deliver really good outcomes to clients and you, you know, we're in a really stressful profession, okay? So um, lawyers have really high burnout. And one of the reasons why I believe that is, is that you, you're you trying to meet your client's expectations and then you're trying to meet this image of what a lawyer and a corporate lawyer does. But there's... A, a thing to be said about, you know, being in Tukuroa and paying rent at 
a much cheaper rate than running an Auckland corporate office or a Wellington corporate office where, you know, you're trying to meet a $20,000 a month rent bill. I don't have those um, those pressures working in Tokoroa. Mm. And that means that um, there's not so much pressure on my staff, on my other lawyers. And I think that because of that, you have a much better work-life balance. You know, there's something to be said about driving five minutes down the road to get to your office, as opposed to being in traffic for an hour mm. every day. So that's why I choose to work in Tokoroa. And we're an hour from every airport. You know, you've got you've got Hamilton Airport, Rotorua Airport, and Taupo Airport, and Tauranga Airport. So you know, the in this day and age, I can travel, and my staff can travel to where they need to be. And one thing COVID did for us within the legal profession is it taught us that we can use, um, you know, platforms and we can attend court now much more easily than what we could pre-COVID um, via computers. Mm. And you spoke a bit about work-life balance. Do you think that being self-employed or running your own business contributes to better work-life balance or? When you get to a particular level, yes. So, um, you know, I've been a lawyer for over two decades and I had to work really, really hard in the beginning and grow my business and grow my legal reputation because that's what you're selling. You're selling your, your skill and you don't have that skill level when you first start out. So you do have to work hard. And then when you get to a particular level, you know a lot more, so you can do a lot more and you can, you know, hopefully have a better work-life balance. Like, for instance, working and living in Tokoroa, we have um, Cougar Park, Mountain um, Mountain Park, and, you know, that's an amazing asset. We have so many amazing things with the Waikato River Trail. So if you're a really outdoorsy person, the South Waikato has amazing amazing opportunities for you and you just wouldn't get those without a lot more effort and of course <laughs> this has to come with a huge disclaimer listeners that um I didn't take a break from law but for the last six years I divided my time from being on the South Waikato District Council as a councillor and looking at local government and focusing on my board portfolios and things like that. I was a district licensing commissioner. I um, am a qualified resource management commissioner. And so um, I did a whole lot of mahi in that area whilst also maintaining my legal career. And I think when you talk about work-life balance, I couldn't have done that if I wasn't self-employed. Then I couldn't have that other local government interest. And so I stood down from being a councillor in last election and um, now I'm fully focused on the mahi that I'm doing in my law firm. Mm. I, I really think that's an interesting career, but if someone's investing in their own business and working towards um, becoming self-employed, what advice would you give them? Get a really good mentor. And uh, case in point, I never had one. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I um, I you know, I didn't have any role models to be honest when I started um out as a lawyer, and then you know the impetus or the uh, the main influence to me 
becoming self-employed was um, becoming a mama. So, you know, um, 19 years ago, that's what happened to me. I got pregnant and um, the law firm that I was working for, um, I don't think that back in those days they could actually see a pathway that you could be a career woman and have a family. And, you know, I reflect on when Jacinda got pregnant as our Prime Minister and, you know, it was this huge thing. Oh, can she be Prime Minister and be a mum as well? And I remember thinking, and listeners, no, I'm not saying I was running a country, <laughs> but, you know, I was working full time and I was running my own business and I had a had a new baby. And I remember that I ran IRD and, yeah. you know, I said, oh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go um, set up my business um, and I, I want to know what my legal obligations are with IRD because trust me, you want to make sure that you're on the right side of the tax, <laughs> tax man. <laughs> and, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, you did a podcast with um, my two youngest children, Hedemeyer and Lloyd. And one of the things I found um, hilarious in that podcast was, you know, they talked about the government being greedy, <laughs> but, you know, that was a nine and 11 year olds worldview of the government. But really, when you start in business, you need to make sure that you know what your tax obligations are and you can meet those. And so there's a story I um, tell of an experience that I had when IRD literally visited my house <laughs> because I couldn't afford an office. I was working out of my garage and, um, you know, so uh, in those days, um, IRD used to have community support offices. And so I had this community mm. support IRD person come into my home. And I'm sitting there with like an eight week old Tamatia. <laughs> and I've got him in his rocker. And I'm like sitting there and I'm rocking him on the floor. These are these old style bassinets that they used to have, really. They were kind of these bouncers. <laughs> and I was bouncing with my foot and sorry <laughs> listeners I'm trying to describe as best I can but I'm like you know I've got like this little baby and I'm bouncing there talking to this IRD community officer trying to convince <laughs> them one I knew what I was doing two I was competent enough to set up a business let alone a law firm <laughs> And um, I've got this brand new baby and I'm bouncing him and I'm like sitting in my kitchen and they're like, well, where's your office? And I said, oh, I'm just working <laughs> in the garage. And they were just like, what? <laughs> and then the most heartbreaking thing to me was this, this IRD person said, you do realise all businesses at least. <laughs> you know, there's a high proportion, like 95% of businesses fail in the first 12 months. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, wow. And, you know, I kind of sat there with this newborn baby thinking, I've just bought my first house. I've got this mortgage. Um, at that point, my then husband wasn't working. Mm. So we were totally reliant on my income and me running this business. And if I didn't succeed, we were possibly looking at losing our house. Um, we had this newborn baby and there were so many things that could have gone wrong. 
And I just remember thinking about this IRD person, person and I was just like, wow, okay, what do you do in that moment? Mm. You, you've got everything on the line. I literally walked out of a paying job and, yeah, I thought, what do you do? That's a, you know, Takahukura, that was a life-defining moment for me. And I thought to myself, I looked at my little tamatea who I cannot now imagine was ever that small. <laughs> He's like six foot, how big? And I thought, no, I need to do this. This is, you know, for me. And and that's how I started my business. Everybody said I wouldn't be able to succeed. Everybody, you know, I didn't have a lot of support. I, I recall a similar situation when I went um, first to see an accountant when I first started making money for Māori Millionaire. And before the accountant asked what my business was, he asked me if it, if I run a cleaning business. <laughs> well, you are a clean freak. We know that. Te kahukura loves to clean. But, yeah, so I think that what I wanted to ask was whether you thought that those pressures to succeed helped you to succeed and did you have like a certain mindset when you were you know running your business that allowed you to persevere through the challenges small business owners um, go through to in order to grow it to a seven-figure business? Um, Yeah I I was quite horrified when um, Takahu could have told me that they actually put all my legal aid figures online <laughs> that anybody can look at. I was just like, wow, how would even anyone do that? But, you know, um, a big part of my business at that point was legal aid. And so I had a government contract with the Ministry of Justice. And and so, you know, failure wasn't an option. Mm. And for those listening in today who might not know what legal aid is, can you explain what legal aid is and how this money um, gets distributed? Uh, so basically, um, I uh, provide as a duty lawyer. I'm a duty lawyer in the criminal court and the family court. And so, if people can't afford their legal fees, then they can make an application to court and in the Waitangi Tribunal, actually. And in the coronial court as well, you can actually apply to have the government help you with your legal um, your legal fees. And um, there's just not enough lawyers that do legal aid work. Mm. And especially, I you know the the number of lawyers with 20 years experience um, it just is dwindling. Mm. Thank you, Margaret Beasley. <laughs> Anyone who's a uh, uh, a legal aid lawyer will understand that reference. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and those that are interested enough, go and read a report. It just annihilated um, legal aid providers and created a huge chasm of um, just access to justice issues. But hey, that's another podco- podcast. <laughs> that's a call for another day. I don't want mine. Okay, too far. What? If you were, how is, what are some of the values that you incorporate within your business? Hmm. Well, you know, I think core to me was that the reason I wanted to be a lawyer is I wanted to help people. Mm. You know, I didn't like injustice as I perceived it. Mm. I didn't like the fact that if you had money, you would get better access to justice than someone who didn't. Mm. And that was my main motivation, was I didn't think 
you got you it was right to get better outcomes in our legal system if you had money. In fact, I found that absolutely irreprehensible. It was um, something that in my core I I felt was absolutely disgusting that you got better outcomes if you had money. And so my core value was that it didn't matter how much money you have, you should still have the right to be able to access good legal services. And so that was my value in my business. And the other big value for me was I wanted women to be successful in business. Mm. And I wanted Māori to be successful in business. I didn't want to be, oh, my God, you own your own law firm and you're Māori and you're female. I wanted that to be the norm. And so for me, those were some of the core values that I brought to my business. And I've had lots of young little lawyers underneath me go on and do something and so for a long time for me um oh yes listeners here's a story for you not last year but the year before I had three of my um staff resign of which the <laughs> so I had I had Takahukura resign I had um and two other staff members resign And I was just like, oh, heartbroken. But they all went to law school, (laughs) you know. And and then it was like bittersweet because, yes, I have to replace those staff members. But, man, was I Unreplaceable. (laughs) Well, no, because you came back. But, you know, but how proud was I to think that three of my staff enjoyed working in law that much that they wanted to go and become lawyers. So for me, I was really proud. And for me, that was um, another life-defining moment that hopefully being in my business inspired these three awesome wahine Māori to actually go on and want to be lawyers themselves. And it's a great career for Māori and it's a great career for females because eventually when you get on in your career, you can have a work-life balance that includes whānau and it helps you help people, whether that be your your whānau, your hapu, or your iwi, or other you know other areas that perhaps aren't um, well represented. Mm. And if you weren't looking at mentors for advice or um, inspiration when making your own decisions, were there specific books or leaders you followed that would help you to make these types of decisions? Oh, look, you really have to go back to, you know, what Aotearoa New Zealand looked like 25 years ago. You know, Moana Jackson in my area was a huge inspiration. Um, You know, other lawyers like Annette Sykes were inspirational and, you know, you had Titifai Harawera, you had all the, you know, a lot of these um, inspirational people have passed away now. Mm. You know, and, um, you know, 20, 25 years ago, there just weren't a lot of Māori business people. And so it would be remiss of me not to mention my father, who was an extremely humble man who um, in Tokoroa um, ran one of the only Māori-owned security firms and he ran a 
very successful business called Industrial Security, and he sold that, and he was bought out by Armagard um, in the 90s. And so, you know, for me, my biggest inspiration were my parents running this business, mm. and they worked really hard in order to give me and my brothers um, a really good work ethic. And I saw them work hard. But, you know, Takahu Kura, my father worked so hard, he got ill. Mm. And so when I think about, um, you know, where my trajectory is going and working, you know, I don't want to be in that position where I end up having to work so hard every day. I miss out on raising my children. I miss out on having um, my life. And that's why Māori Millionaire is so inspirational because, I don't want our people to be in a position that we work ourselves to death. Mm. I mean, um, Takahu Kura and I joke listeners about, you know, what <laughs> she says, well, you know, what do you want to do? I said, oh, when I grow up, I want to be two things. I want to be a ballerina <laughs> and I want to be, I want there to be a Māori retirement commissioner. Mm. Because Māori people don't get to retire. No, and I, I did a poll on my Instagram story a while back and asked people if they didn't use KiwiSaver, why it wasn't. And the amount of people who replied saying that they don't see themselves living past 65 is just crazy. You know, like in this modern day of medicine and um, all of the different options available, Māori predominantly don't see themselves living to old age. And so there's no incentive to plan for wealth beyond your 60s if you don't even see yourself being alive. I mean, that's another corridor that we pro probably should, you know, kind of <laughs> just totally focus on because you know that that's something that I'm really quite passionate about is Māori and health and um you know retirement so I would love to be invited back <laughs> one day to just have a general corridor about that but um in terms of my business and investing and creating that wealth so you know I have that opportunity because I I'm so passionate about helping Māori in business mm. and being a business mentor and helping people in business and you know, taking my experiences as a small business owner and, um, you know, really restricting the need to grow because obviously, you know, my business went into different branches and things like that and what it looks like um, and how that would happen and how I grow my business. But do I want to? Mm. It's that kind of balance of being happy with what you have but also wanting to grow something. So, where, do, where does the line go? Well, I decided I want to grow people mm. and I want to help people achieve their dreams. And so that's um, where I've been able to, you know, kind of push um, my my love of seeing people succeed. And that's what I really am focusing on. And that's helped me kind of manage that. Thank you, Adama, for joining us on this podcast to share your business secrets. It was really awesome to learn from you. And I think that a lot of the listeners um, today will really enjoy your kōrero. So thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you for um, inviting me on to Kahukura. And I hope, you know, the listeners have just enjoyed, um, you know, this, this session of Māori Millionaire. And I've enjoyed being here and 
yeah, I look forward to maybe catching up again soon.